what is going on everybody welcome back to the podcast brand new podcast brand new name we're gonna go with coffee dates with jesse rivera yep that's what the podcast is called going forward coffee dates with jesse rivera that's what i'm settling on thank you damian harmony for uh recommending that name and uh, i think that was the only recommendation well somebody else recommended a name but i was kind of hooked on uh coffee dates with jesse rivera so welcome to episode number one of coffee dates with jesse rivera and like i said today on the podcast my guest is lourdes Oyun. she has a great story and let's get right to it please enjoy coffee dates with jesse rivera and lourdes Oyun. okay so is it lourdes or is it lulu oh nice uh well it's lourdes um in public uh-huh. <laughs> and Lulu growing up, okay. my, my entire family members, everybody calls me Lulu from, so like if you've known me since I was a kid or even in junior high, I'm Lulu. And if you met me from high school and on, it's Lourdes, but Lulu or Lou, uh, which some of my family members also call me for short because it can't get shorter than Lulu and, or it needs to get shorter than Lulu all the way to Lou. Okay. So. Lulu, how the hell are you? Um, good. I'm really excited to be here. So oh, thanks for having I, me. I'm excited to have you here. Um, the podcast was on hiatus from like January until right now. And uh, I missed doing it. So I was like, let's let's do a podcast. And, and, and um, shout out to Josh Means because I looked at his post and I looked to see who all had said that they would do a podcast. And uh, you and I had recently talked, so yes. I was like, oh, I'm going to see if Lulu wants to do a podcast. Yeah, you poached. You yeah. poached, I saw that. Well, I, but I love that you announced that you were about to poach, so that was nice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I definitely poached uh, Josh Means' uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Facebook comments and found myself a uh, uh, someone that wanted to do a podcast. How the heck are you, man? Uh, so good, super excited. I've been um, kind of embarking on this whole comedy journey venture more seriously i think since last fall right after you know things opened up a little bit more um but had an interesting start into it um in in terms of of how i got started it was like on a challenge or a dare so to speak so let's let's talk about that because um you're kind of like me whereas like I, I look at some of the young comics like like Benton Hershaw's, Ruby Setnick's, uh, Miriam Musabi's, uh, Drew Abshiner's, and I think to myself, man, these kids are so good. When they get to be, if they stick to it, when they're like 30, 40, they're <coughs> going to be like amazing. Like, because mm-hmm. like, I think like all they lack right now is like life experiences, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, you and I, we jumped in uh, definitely not in our 20s, not in our 30s, in our 40s. So right. Right. what, let me ask you this, when, did you ever want to be a comedian? Like in your, in your teens, your, 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 your 20s, your 30s, what was, how, how long was this nesting? Uh, so I... I've been a huge comedy fan since growing up, right? Since I was a kid, I used to watch Charlie Chaplin, Lucio Ball, Cantinflas. Like, these were my comedians, right? And Chespirito. Chespirito. Oh, my God. Absolutely. El Chavo. Like, these were, uh, for me, comedy was important at home. Everybody, I think, to cope with a lot of different things, we cope through comedy for us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And because we had such a good sense of humor in general within the family, I considered myself to just sort of be in the flow and funny in general. But in terms of wanting to be a comedian, I never really thought about it more seriously until I was in my 30s watching Last Comic Standing and watching these comedians develop their material and go up on stage and compete. That's when I was like, hey, I think I could do that. I think I could totally do that. Are, Are you even the funniest one in the family? Because I'm not. I'm not. I would have to say that my brother is probably the funniest one. That guy can just uh, make something super funny out of just about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have other family members that are incredibly hilarious. Aunts, uncles, they're just uh, disparates. You know, they just come out and say crazy things out of nowhere. And you're like, did you really just say that? And it's just h- hilarious. Right, right. Um, you were talking about like some of your early influences. And, and you did mention Cantinflas. And I and I and I asked you about uh, Chespirito, Chavo del Ocho. What about my mom's favorite, La India Maria? <laughs> she was definitely somebody that I thought was funny and that I enjoyed watching growing up. And um, I didn't put her in as part of my list <clears throat> of comics because she just felt so real. <laughs> <laughs> normal i didn't even think she was a comedian when i would watch her on tv i didn't consider her a comedian because her character was so genuine and so real in terms of what i saw around us growing up at the time let let me ask you this because you you're uh you were born in tijuana i was what what age did you leave tijuana and where did you end up the first time because you're obviously not living in tijuana now so what right when did you leave tijuana and where did you land we finally left Tijuana and uh, became a citizen myself. I, I feel like I have to say that in case there's ISIS or Homeland Security. <laughs> this is the neighborhood. <laughs> I'm a U.S. citizen. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry, I was I became awfully sensitive after our last presidency. But anyway, so I, uh, my family and I moved and immigrated from San Diego, from Tijuana to San Diego when I was 11. So I moved here and I didn't speak a word of English. Okay. And so we did a little bit of back and forth prior to that. Like we would live in San Diego for a little bit and then move back. And and my parents had this whole thing where my mom wanted to move to the U.S., but my dad didn't. And so that's why we did some back and forth. So I would kind of learn English and they would put me in school and then I would forget it. And then I would... uh, then we'd go back and I have to relearn it. So I did this like three times until I was 11 and I really didn't speak it anymore. So I, I think it was like fifth grade when I was came to the U.S. and stayed in San Diego. Was school hard? Yes, because especially starting out because uh, we were really poor and I was straight up paisa. Like I just didn't, the clothes, it's just a big culture clash for me. Mm-hmm. And the first time that I was in class in fifth grade, I did not speak the language. I didn't know how to ask to go to the bathroom. So I raised my hand and I said, pee And apparently pee is a universal <laughs> expression for me. I go to the bathroom because they gave me a bathroom <clears> pass <throat> that I went to the bathroom. And then learning the language thereafter uh, fairly quickly because you know, getting bullied because of not speaking the language, getting bullied because I didn't dress the same or because my parents bought all my clothes either at secondhand stores or in Tijuana. And so my shoes and everything looked different than everybody else's. Mm-hmm. And where, because San Diego's huge. Did you end up like 
like National City, uh, like uh, <clears throat> where, where, where we were, where? we were like Barrio Logan, National City for a little bit, actually for uh, a while. So I attended local schools in, in National City, and then we moved to Southeast San Diego, just a little north of that. And um, my family purchased a home there, and we lived there for like I don't know, for like fifteen. No, I'm, I'm lying. For over twenty years. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. And then, how did you end up from San Diego into Sacramento? I went to school, <clears throat> so I did the whole uh, community college thing. Actually, reverse. I was a reverse transfer. I started at San Diego State and went to community college. Go went Aztecs. back. Yeah, <laughs> went back and um, reverse transfer to a community college, and then transferred to UC Davis because at the time I wanted to move away to the school that was furthest away from home. I needed to typical. <laughs> And so I didn't even visit any schools because my parents weren't uh, really super supportive about me going to college. I'm the first um, female in a very traditional Mexican family. So they wanted me to stay, to get married. I had a a whole boyfriend that I was engaged to at the time that they were really pushing for me to, to marry. And I decided to turn the tables and go to college. So I left. My parents said, but if you go away for college, you know what happens to single women that move away and don't get married. And my mom said, what happens is that you either turn into a drug addict or a prostitute. Oh, wow. So when I was looking at schools to see which school to go to, I, I had to find a campus that I felt would probably not be conducive to, con- to prostitution or drug addiction. <laughs> so I landed on Davis. <laughs> what, what year is that? What year is that that you end up in Davis? <laughs> 94. Five. Nice, nice. And so, and then you've been out in this area since then? Yeah, since then. Yep. Do you yep. ever want to move back to San Diego? Because the weather in San Diego, come It's on. beautiful. Every time I go to San Diego, I always wonder what I'm doing here in Sacramento. Uh-huh. And then I hang out with my family a little, little bit, and then I want to come back. Oh, I my gosh. <laughs> Dude, and I love just, my family, but... <laughs> you just told my story. Like, I, I... Well, I don't want ever want to go back to Bakersfield, but, like, sometimes I miss my family, and then I, I go home for about a week, and I'm like... I'm burned out. <laughs> I got to get back here as quick as possible. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. What did you study? Psychology. Really? Mm-hmm. Psychology. And, and where, did, did, are you working in that field? No, I did nothing with psychology other than just sit there and analyze all my friends and family members and really understand a lot of my own personal quirks. Right. Um, but I had an interest in politics, like in advocacy. And... Um, I remember looking at the Capitol and thinking, I want to work there. I want to be there. That's where I would like to work in there. And mm-hmm. I didn't know how to get any contacts or anything. So when I graduated from, from college and all those um, jobs and money offers didn't come through, somebody lied to me. They told me that if I had a degree that I was going to get a bunch of um, money and nobody gave it to me. Right, right. That's definitely your high school counselor, right? Yeah, they lied to me. So anyway, I... Um, Went to the to the Capitol, and I just went in there, and I started dropping off my resume in all the offices that I could. I didn't know the difference between Republican and, and Democrat. I just kind of, you know, sent my resume out there, and I got a call, and I started working at the Capitol. So that's why I stayed. And you've been there since, what, 96, 97? <clears throat> so when I was working, and it was, that happened in 90, 98, um, uh, yeah, late 97, actually, and I started working as a receptionist for one of the elected officials' offices, and... I stayed there for like four years, and then I went back to San Diego, and um, did did different different jobs in San Diego, and then eventually, about ten years later, went back into politics after working construction with my dad for a little bit as well. Went back into politics and um, came back 
to the Capitol, worked there for another 10 years, and I'm now working as a lobbyist. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's such a great story. Just like that. You just, if that's the story, that's, that's great right there. Like, that's like, you know, you conquered the language, you, you conquered, you know, uh, you overcame the, the, the bullying and you got your degree and you're, you're working in something that you, that you absolutely love. Cause when you said I'm working as a lobbyist, like your face just lit up, you know? <laughs> and so what, what finally made you jump in and, and do comedy? And let me ask you this. Did the pandemic stall your entry into comedy or is it what pushed you into comedy? Uh, it probably <clears throat> pushed me a little bit more, but stalled it at the same time. So it was both. It was a little bit of both. Uh-huh. Um, so the, the comedy came when I was married. The interval, like I said, I've always had an interest in comedy, but watching this one show and <clears throat> talking to my, my, my then husband and telling him that I think I could do that. And he said... Oh, babe, I think you're funny, but not funny enough for stand-up. I oh, was genuinely hurt. I was hurt, but also, but also, like, challenged. Yeah. And um, when I was driving down J Street, I happened to see, catch a little tiny sign that said Comedy 101 or Comedy Classes 101. Oh, uh, at the comedy spot? At the comedy spot. Yeah, and so, shout out Sacramento yeah, Comedy yeah, Spot. Yeah, yeah. And so I signed up for those classes just out of spite. <laughs> At a spot, I signed up for those classes, <clears throat> and then I told my husband every Monday night because those are like four week classes or five week classes. Who was your like instructor? Um, why am I brain? John. John Ross. John Ross was yes. my instructor, and I loved him, and he is hilarious. Yeah, he is hilarious. Yes. And so every month, and John knew that I was doing this and he's like, I'm not going to get in trouble, right? Like your husband's not going to walk in here and like beat me up or something. Because <laughs> <laughs> I told him that I was lying about being here. And I told my, because of the, the nature of my work, there's a lot of events that I have to attend in the evenings. And I work late oftentimes until nine or 10 o'clock. It worked perfectly for me to tell my husband that I was at an event every Monday night while I was you know, furiously writing material and going over it with Ross in the, in the class. And so um, that, he believed that I was in class. He believed that I, I'm sorry, that I was at an event while I was writing. And then every morning when I was putting my makeup on and I was getting ready for work, I'd have some comedy playing in the background. And he thought that was weird that I would be listening to so much comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I was, I, I said, no, well, you know how much I like comedy? Like, it's not a big deal. This is totally normal that somebody listens to comedy nonstop all day, every day. Uh, and then when the open mic show came, you know, because yep, it, it yeah, culminates you in a, that, you yeah. did the open mic yep, night. I did it. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was super nervous about it. Um, I invited like 50 of my friends or more, actually, not to come see me, but I explained the what he said and how he challenged me. And I said, come see his face when I show up on stage because I didn't tell him. So on our way to the show, I was super nervous and like my hands were really sweaty and he's trying to hold my hand. I don't want to hold his hand because my <laughs> hands are really sweaty. Then he catches a quick touch and he's like, why are your hands so sweaty? I'm like, I don't know. It's June. It's super hot, Sacramento. And <clears throat> we get in and he's seeing a lot of people that he knows because he knows some of the people that I, that I work with. But then also somebody's mom was there. And he's like, why is, like, why is Maria's mom here? And I was like, I don't know. You know these legislators? They, they just invite everybody. They want everybody's money or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I said something dumb. And he bought it. And then we all sat down and I uh, told him I had to go to the bathroom. I said, babe, I'll be right back. I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I just never came back. I just popped up on stage. 
and <laughs> and he was very surprised to say the to say the least to see me up there. What um, did any of the people who were in your class keep doing comedy? Uh, that's a good question. I don't remember because this was so long ago. Honestly, this was, was it like, June like a year ago. <clears throat> no, this, this was, was like June pre-pandemic. So, this is way way pre-pandemic. This was like when I this was like twenty. This is like I want to say like seven years ago. Oh wow! It was a long time ago. And then <clears throat> so I that's when I started. Um, oh, so I don't okay. remember the people that were in my class to be honest. The, okay, all right. So this was pre-pandemic. So then were you doing comedy before the pandemic? Yes, I was. Okay. But I was, um, I came back right before the, the pandemic because <clears throat> um, maybe a few years after that, I, I continued to do, when I did that whole thing with my ex-husband, I continued to do comedy, but then got divorced. And then I wasn't, I didn't feel funny for a few years. Or I felt a different kind of funny. <laughs> Divorce will do that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I just didn't go up on stage for like two years. And then once that was over for me, then I started getting back on stage and then the pandemic hit. Well, they say, I mean, so having studied psychology, right? They say that in any big traumatic event, 18 months is what it takes to get used to. Like a breakup, a Correct. move, a new job, Correct. right? Correct. So right about the right amount of time and yes. you, you jump back in, then the, the pandemic yeah. And then, um, and then, so where was the first mic you hit when you returned after the pandemic? Like what, what, what made you do that? Like, was it just like enough's enough? I got to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's exactly how I felt. And the, the mic, I couldn't think of anywhere else, but comedy spot to go back. Cause I right. feel like that's where I got my start and that's where I felt com like familiar. It's a safe space. Yeah. yeah I absolutely. felt familiar. I yeah. felt, it felt familiar. It felt good. Like I was familiar with with the space, even though they had changed it around a little bit, I felt good going back there again. Mm -hmm. And yeah. how did it go? Um, I, I, I don't, I feel like it went horrible because I just, it was so long. You lose, if you're not on stage constantly, for me, I just feel like I lose, I lose the ability to be confident. So I'm more confident the more I'm on stage. The mm -hmm. less I'm on stage, I lose that confidence. It's like when you work out and you're like nice and buff and then you stop working out and then it goes away. Same thing. That's how I feel okay. when I'm on stage. And how's, how's your family reacted to um, you doing comedy? Um, my family already knows I'm a giant just goofball. So they're like my siblings are, they're like, we get it, right? My my siblings get it. They're like, okay, of course. And I'm a giant ham as well. And so I'm always like trying to be like, everybody pay attention to me because I wasn't, you know, I was neglected as a child. So everybody should pay attention to me. I was saying, I know the feeling, but no, I was not neglected. I was spoiled. <laughs> I was totally like not, you know, kind of a little bit of absent parents. Uh, um, but so they're ex expecting my dad will see my posts on Facebook, but he's never heard my material. And I hope to God he does. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not dad material. <laughs> it's not dad material. And so uh, but he's very proud. He's like, oh, I'm so proud of you, Mika. I'm so proud of you. I don't know how oh, proud he'd great. be once he hears my material. But uh huh. Yeah. So your dad hasn't uh, seen you perform yet? He hasn't seen me perform yet. No, my, my mom got to see me perform, but I don't think she like her English still was not great. So, um, I don't know if I'm, <laughs> but my mom got to see me perform. Um, what, so you're doing show when you started doing open mics again, who gave you your first uh, spot on the show? Um, on like, did you, did you do show any, did you do any shows when you did comedy the last time? No, I didn't do any shows back then. Okay. So then this time around, who, who gives you your first shot on the show? Oh, the first sh shot on a show is Tavi. 
And oh, I was, really? Yeah. So Tavi, I um, like really surprised that she saw me doing open mic and she was like, hey, I'm going to do this show. I think you're really funny and you, I'd like to invite you to be part of this lineup. And um, I was really excited. And Diego Curiel, who I think is super funny oh, as well, headlined that, that show. Um, and it was myself, uh, Graciela, and Sammy mm-hmm. um, that that did it. Uh, but but I think, actually, no, no, that's a show. But let me take it back. I, take I it have back. To, I have to give a shout out also to Josh. Josh Means, because he had the comedy competition. And he let oh, me okay. go on the comedy competition. And I won. Oh, and wow. so I was really excited about this. So I take that, take that back. I guess it's competition and show. I was thinking it differently, but I, I suppose a competition would be the first one. So Josh is a, is the first one that gave me that shot to do something like, oh, I'm actually going to be like this is as Lourdes versus just another comic part of the the open mic lineup, right? Mm-hmm. And so that he that particular opportunity. He, he helped me because he challenged me to work harder, to put something together that was longer than five minutes, longer than three minutes, you know, seven minutes to try and get it to a place and space where I felt comfortable performing it. Yeah. And, and then after that, um, Tavi then saw me at another show and said, I think you're really funny. And so that was, that was a show. So shout out to her as well for making me feel like, like I'm uh, good enough to be a part of a smaller group of comedians. So. Did, it, did it make you nervous to do the competition? Did that put, Heck did, yeah. like, did it really weigh on you that this is a competition? It did. It felt, it felt very, very real and challenging for me because I felt like if this is a competition, well, I want to, I want to win. I'm, I'm competitive. And okay. even though I try to say that I'm not, I think I really am. Right. And so right. like to me, I just feel like we grew <laughs> we grew up in a kind of a competitive family in a way. Like everyone, I feel like just being old school Mexican, everyone, all old school Mexicans are trying to outdo another Mexican. Like they're like, well, mine's better than this. Or like my sister had a conversation with like our neighbor who asked her if she knew how to make frijoles. And my sister's like, yeah. And then she's like, oh, pues, you know, you're, my, my daughter wins, wins because she can, she can also make frijoles and she can make rice. It was like this crazy thing about, but food. It was weird. It's like, there's, so there's always this competition. I felt like growing up, like we had to be better, but it was all domestic. <laughs> can you make frijoles? Yes. I can, <laughs> can absolutely make frijoles and everything else. <laughs> I make some pretty good frijoles myself. <laughs> How'd you like the coffee? I, it was so good. I'm feeling it right now. Like I feel like I'm gonna start talking faster, and <laughs> my heart's beating fast. It's good. Really? Do you yeah, need some water? Good. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. You're good. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, what? So then, I I saw that. I, I now I do remember seeing that that you won that comedy competition. I think that's like the first time I was like, who the heck's this? <laughs> I was like, who the hell's this? And then, um, uh, I saw that you were doing. You were going to. You did. Um, Johnny Taylor's Rush Room. I did. The Rush Room. Yeah. And that was the night, that was, that was the night Buddy headlined? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was a lot of fun, too. Yeah, that, that was, was a great a lineup. Fun. Yeah. It was and, a really good lineup. And how did that go? It went great. I was really excited. Uh, just the Johnny, I was really excited about him just saying, oh, you know, come on in and, you know, giving me a shot. There was, I was really surprised <clears throat> at um, the <clears throat> talent that I had to go up with right Mm -hmm. in in the room so i I always feel excited to be like oh my god these these guys have been doing this way longer than i have and i have nothing but tremendous respect for anybody that goes up on stage and especially somebody's been doing it longer so i was really honored to just Mm -hmm. be there so it was fun 
how do you feel that your material changed from seven years ago when you first were on that open mic to like the material you're writing now? Is it is it similar? Is it completely different? Any of those jokes still around from seven years ago? Uh, I have some of them uh, around, but um, I shelved them a little bit because I am more bold with my comedy. Like I'm telling a lot of my comedy is just like crazy stories from my family, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm I'm more open to being myself on stage, and so to act out some of the uh, some of the stories that I'm telling on stage. Um, I think it's changed in that way. Whereas before I was just telling a story, I think now I'm actually acting out and showing you more of a story. Okay. And my personality comes through a little bit more that way than That's, it did before. All right. All right. And you excited about that direction? I am. I really am. I That's am. awesome. That's awesome. Um, you're going to be on Jess Roberts, uh, No Boys Allowed. Yes. What day is that? That's June 21st? No, the 18th. June, June 18th. 18th. So is that? That's two weeks. Yes. From today. How'd you, how'd you hear about that show? Have you, have you been to one? <clears throat> I have not been to one, but I have seen them, um, uh, just the posts that she's made from the past. And so that I heard from her directly after I did a set at Stab. She said that she was curious, like, who's that? Because I went up there and I was just talking. Sounds like Jess, too. Yeah, who's that? Who's that? <laughs> and I was just kind of up there doing my thing, just being super goofy and energetic. And she was like, I really like that energy. And I think it'd be great if you if you can do a No Boys Allowed. And I thought it was super cute because she was like, it's LGBT. Are you okay with that? And I was like, are you okay with me not being LGBT <laughs> being a part of this? Um, I appreciate that, even being uh, Pride Month in particular. Right, right. And that, that lineup, I can't, I can't think of everybody. Okay, so Jess is headlining it. And then um, Lindy West and Tina San Lucas are features. And like, I, I, I feel like such a ham saying like, all three of those are like some of my best friends. But they, they really are like, like just uh, where we hang out all the time. Tina San Lucas is super busy, but we we hang. We, I was just on a show with Tina the other night, and Lindy and I have recorded a couple of podcasts together. Uh, we're trying to do a whole series about the Beastie Boys, and okay. um, yeah, we just we just love music. But I was already excited about that lineup when I just saw. Oh, I was like, oh, I get to see Lindy and Tina in the same night, and then there's your name again. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm sneaking in. I'm sneaking. Yeah, in. and so. Um, <laughs> And you're also, I'm giving you a guest spot on the next um, Backyard Funnies. Yes. So um, I was like, well, let's see what what the deal is with this girl. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. Right. Um, Where where do you want to, like, where where do you see yourself, like, five years from now with comedy? Do you want to just keep writing and keep, are are you just writing this out to see where it takes you? Kind of, but you know, it's it's so interesting because I do have, <clears throat> I am older, as you as you mentioned, and also oh, wait, I didn't say you were older. <laughs> well, we talked about being in our 40s. I just said you didn't start comedy in your. T- I did not say that well, you were older. Thank you. You're right. Yeah, okay. I, maybe I just feel older because this. I feel like this is a young young man's game, right? <laughs> I was like, like la viejita. Yeah, yeah, la viejita. La señorita. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I, I just feel like. I mean, do you want a blanket? <laughs> I'm sleepy by 9.45. My dinner's at 4.30. I'm not even joking about that. Like, I get hungry by 4.30. I'm done. Like, I want to be asleep in bed by 9.45, and now I'm out of these comedy spots. And you, and you wake comedy. up at 6? Yeah, because I get, I, no matter what, no matter what time I go to sleep at, yeah. I still wake up at 6, like a good old lady. 
Okay, I'm sorry. Where were we? <laughs> That's okay. Um, what do I want to be in five years? So I have, you know, for all intents and purposes, I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I have an established career, and I, I feel very blessed to, to do that. Yes. I think, um, <clears throat> I have met some really fantastic people along the way that have given me some uh, amazing opportunities, and for all intents and purposes, I'm doing, I'm doing fine. And this, for this, uh, I don't know, uh, um little girl from Tijuana, as you mentioned, to just be a part of an, an amazing political world and to be in the forefront of it, of making and also being there while big giant policies are being are being processed right through the through the legislature. And also on the other side now as a lobbyist influencing um, just the legislature and different <clears throat> proposals. Um, being being at the forefront of that, like I said, I, I think you, for all intents and purposes, I'm set. But the truth of the matter is that I'm not, because even though that's that's one part of who I am, the other part of who I am as well is is this person who loves to make people laugh, and I love to be myself, and I love to goof off. And quite frankly, I don't want to work that hard. And I feel like comedy, though it's hard work, it feels like more natural to me. Like it feels like it's more more fun and it feels like it's right for me so maybe i can pull a ken jong right and okay. that he was a doctor and then became a comedian yeah. i don't know if that's even possible or mm -hmm. if it's in the cards for me but if it is i'd be willing to explore it like even though i'm and if it doesn't work out i don't mind just having a skill i think it's great to have a skill like this right isn't it like crazy like because i remember when i first started it and like my co-workers were like Oh my god! I can't believe you go up there for five minutes, mm -hmm. and and I'd, and I'd be talking to them like, man, I did seven minutes last yeah. time. Yeah, man, I did eight minutes. And they're like, oh my, like the more and more time, they, like they just see it is scarier, and and I just keep seeing it as more of a challenge, you know? Yeah, yeah. and it helps with self confidence in general, and I think that it helps what I do even more so. It just being able to express myself in a way that's that is genuine and real, which. Sometimes in politics, we need that. We need more of that. Right, right. Did you ever think you'd end up in politics? <clears throat> no, I didn't. I, 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 every fiber <clears throat> of my body growing up was like, I'm going to be a psychologist. Is I wanted to be a psychologist. Mm -hmm. And I just by chance, I ended up in politics. Well, and do you ever want to get back into psychology or counseling or, or social work? Uh, I mean, I, I think if you do politics right, <clears throat> it's social work, right? Yes. Absolutely. That is absolutely true. Um, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think I'd want to be a, a, a therapist. I think I'm good here. <laughs> yeah. And it's a lot of time. Like yeah. you got to get like hours and hours logged before. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I, I think, I think comedy in itself is therapy, right? It is. It is. It's, it's pretty amazing. I think it's, it's helped me get to know who I am a little bit more and take more challenges about being genuine on stage if i can be genuine on stage i think i can be genuine anywhere else um right. there's a lot of part of me there's parts of me that i that i keep under wraps that i then i'd like to and comedy has helped me bring it out more right right i get that i get that um it's it's been really great to to see this this uh, this uh these shows that you're getting in, in this short amount of time i'm really excited about having you on the next backyard funnies which is going to be June 25th. I'm not so even going to try to say the whole lineup because I know I'm going to forget somebody. But uh, um, yeah, I, I'm super excited about about that whole lineup. And just having the show here at my house is a lot of fun. Um, 
What what else do you have coming? Do you have anything else coming up? Do you have anything else you want to play? We, we plug your No Boys Allowed. We plugged my show. What what else are you working on? Um, there's one more show with um, Mitch Valentine. Oh, okay. And he's got this show coming up. It's the he's with like he's PCE Entertainment, and that's July 23rd in Chico. And. He's got the Passionate Clean Entertainment, the relaunch, family-friendly comedy, and music. Fun. Mm-hmm. All right. That be a lot so of fun. you got that coming up in Chico. Yeah, July twenty-third. Okay. All right. There's a segment you asked me. <laughs> you asked me last night if you needed to prepare for anything, and and I said no, and I, I feel bad because I do have a segment that I I always finish the show with this segment, and I hope I can remember all five of them. I do this thing called five easy questions, and okay. there's no right or wrong answer, right? Um, but it's just five questions that I ask and I hope I can remember all of them because I did not write them down. Okay. But question number one, um, what are you afraid of? I, I am afraid of spontaneously dying and nobody finding me. <laughs> okay. It sounds like, a, <laughs> sounds like an Emily Peterson joke. <laughs> like, like, you, like your dog. I worry about that too. Cause I'm like, I don't want her to like gnaw at my ankles for two days trying to wake me up <laughs> right 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 so my my biggest and i'm fear... talking about my dog <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you clarified thank yeah. you <laughs> yeah yeah so so to me it's like i i live alone and my daughter is um living with her dad now and so i'm 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 on on my own for the most part. And so I had this crazy fear that if I just spontaneously die, no one's going to find me for like a week. And when they do, they're just going to find me all gross and, you know, stiff and stinky. And I'm super self-conscious about what I smell like. And so like the last thing people are going to remember about me is she stunk. So that is really a true fear. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, Who or what inspires you? Uh, that is a really good question. I have, I have a lot of thoughts about that in terms of who inspires me, but I have to say that my daughter in particular inspires me to grow and to continue to just be patient, kind, and, um, non-judgmental. What did your daughter say when you started doing comedy? She was very supportive. She's 18. She won't come watch one of my shows. But I was going to say, how she, <laughs> she won't come see my shows, but she's fully aware of everything that I talk about because I usually will run it by her first. And if I can get and her she's to. Like, mom. <laughs> yes, a lot of head shakes and like, mom, oh my God. But she always gives me a thumbs up and she approves and she's like, just be, just be you. She always says, you're naturally funny. You'll be fine. So what would you, what would you think? What would you think if your daughter came to you one day and said, I think I want to do stand up? I would totally support her. I uh-huh. would totally support her. I would, you know, be happy to sit at the table and go through, hash out some material together. That would be so much fun. Okay. All right. Uh, question number three, uh, what have you been meaning to get to? Like what, what, what is something that you, that you're like, oh, I got to get, start doing that. Like either like some kind of chore or some kind of like task, like what have you been meaning to get to? And you just kind of keep putting it off. Um, recently it was traveling, mm. right? So I've been meaning to travel more and I've been, I had been meaning to, to, tra- to travel, but then COVID hit and all these things. Um, but probably the other part now that I, that, that I talk about, cause now that you mentioned that thinking about the thing that I genuinely, truly am putting off 
and I should get started on is writing a book. Oh. I would love to write a book. Are we talking nonfiction, fiction? Um, probably a combination, just telling a really good story. I have thoughts in my mind about different things and maybe short stories. But that's kind of what got me to to writing comedy because when I would try to write a long a story, I, I came up with just writing kind of shorter verses of things or like poems or sorts. And so I feel like comedy is kind of like poetry in a way. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's there's a there's a it seemed easier to get out what I needed to get out. There was like an emotional piece I needed to be hashed out first before I can write down a full book. Right. And that's what got right. me into writing comedy. Okay, okay. But a book would be nice to get to at some yeah. point in my life. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to put a book together too yeah. sometime. Um what are you and this doesn't necessarily have to be a TV show. It could be like a TV show or a podcast series or or uh music or whatever, but what are you binging right now? Um that it well I just finished binging Ozark. I loved Ozark. Uh-huh. Um, How'd you feel about the ending? I was um sad about that. I can't believe that they took out, you know. I, I don't I don't watch it. I just heard a lot of people say Oh man, I am not going to no spoilers, but I, I hate that they took out my the the anti-hero. They they took her out and I was sad about that. But I was really happy that in the way that they did it was that she wore white to show that she was truly more pure at heart than everybody else. So that was a really nice ending. And have you had a crush on Jason Bateman your whole life? <laughs> Or just with Ozark. Come on, Jason Bateman and I grew up together. So yes, my entire life. (laughs) Isn't it crazy to see him being like this character? I guess he's always had that in him, right? Right, right. But he's the the same character in all of his movies Mm -hmm. and everywhere else, except he just owns it. And he, he played the same character, but owned it in a way that fit this this particular story tell I, I I have the biggest crush on his sister, Justine Bateman, yes. my whole life. Mallory Keaton. <laughs> yeah. Man. And yeah, J- J- I, I love Jason Bateman. He's great. Uh, yeah. But I've never watched Ozark. I, I can't, uh, says the 50-year-old the single guy, I just don't want to commit to like this huge <laughs> series. Like, I think it's time, Jesse. No. I think it's time. <laughs> commit to something. No. I have this dog. Look at this. <laughs> Hopefully she doesn't live long. Oh, anyway. <laughs> um, was that number three? Uh, I think the, that was four. That was four. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. What are you looking forward to? Um, I'm genuinely looking forward to connecting with more comedians. Mm. I feel like there's a lot for me to learn here and a lot for me to learn from people that are out there doing doing the comedy in a way that I never have. And I have uh, my own life experiences outside of this world. And this is so new. I feel just so brand new. I'm ready to learn from from these young folks that have much more experience within this industry than I do. And it's really neat to just see and talk to uh, the all the people that are on the on the open mic circuit. And yeah. getting to know every one of them yeah. so far. And every time I go out, now that they see me more often, they're more open to talking to me. And every time I get to know somebody a little bit more, I get really excited because it's like, oh, this is neat. I love this world. It's really awesome. I'd love to learn from everybody. Isn't it crazy how talented so many of these? I mean, like, you could go to an open mic in Sacramento and, like, run into Kyrie Shabazz and Diego Curiel, who both have credits to their name. like yes. And, like, years and years and years experience even like robert amoto was about to have something on television 
Uh, he posted about it the other day. Um, and you know, Josh Means is doing great things. And yes. like now Mikey Winfield is yeah. on America's Got Talent. And, you know, um, such a great comedy town. Right. Johnny Taylor, you know, uh, yes. John Morris. Like there's so much, so many great comics. Yes. Who are, do you, are you, what comics do you like to listen to? Like the, like on the, like. On the, on the radio or on Netflix or like what are what are some of the specials? Can you recall any or uh, is it yeah. just too much? No, no, no. But there, there's a lot of them. But the ones that come come to surface for me right away is like Tiffany Haddish. I just love her. I mm. think she's super, super funny. I love um, Jim Gaffigan. Okay. I just love his comedy. It's so silly. Um, uh-huh. It's very silly. It- <laughs> it's silly. <laughs> so silly. And then and then on the on the other side, obviously, um, you have. The greats like Chappelle and um, Chris Rock, or even even Eddie Murphy, but also um, Bill uh, Bill Burr is oh, really funny. Love Bill I Burr. love him so much. Yeah. Like he, he I, I could hear him. He could yell at me anytime. I'd love it. I would love to just sit there and get yelled at by that guy <laughs> forever. He's so funny. I love these guys. I wish I, I wish genuinely that I would have had an opportunity to go see him when he was. Um, he was just he was here. Around. Yeah, yeah, I know. he was just here. I didn't get to see him, but Joe Coy is also really good. Some of the some of the um, comedians that are. Um, the Latino com- comedians as well, like Felipe Esparza is awesome. Mm, yeah. I just, so you know, cool. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love him. He's so funny. He's super down to earth as well. I had the opportunity to meet him a, a, a few times uh, when he came to Sacramento. And then I totally stalked him at the airport one time in Burbank. Did you? Yeah. In Burbank. And I stopped and said, hello. He was super, super gracious. So do you think you could do a stand up set in Spanish? Uh, have I pro- you toyed with it? I haven't toyed with it, but I probably could, and I could really get super Mexican. I think that I, <laughs> if I did it in Spanish, um, I I watched this other comedian. She does it all in Spanish. Sofia uh, Nieto, I think is her name, or Del Niño Nieto, or something like that. And she's super funny. It's all in Spanish. Um, and Franco Escamilla as well. He's very funny. And I don't know whether or not I could be like either one of those two because I think my comedy's different. But I, I think I could probably pull it off. Do you think that if you were to do a set in Spanish, do you think that, that your comedy would, would go well in California and in Mexico? Because it's, it's two different worlds, right? Two different right? worlds, It's for two sure. different worlds. Like, for I'm sure. not a real Mexican. I try to tell my friends that <laughs> all the time. I'm just like, I'm like generic brown. Like, this is, I'm a white girl. Like, you know, there's... There's, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I was born in Tijuana and lived there for a long time. And even though we moved to San Diego and I did this whole world, we still were going back to Tijuana a lot. Mm -hmm. So my roots truly, truly are in Mexico and the U.S. I'm split right down the middle. At any point in time, I can turn into any one of your tias. At any point in time, I can turn into... um, just a really uptight white lady as let, well. Let me tell you, if you ever want to turn into one of my theos, <laughs> the kitchen's right there. Yeah, I totally will too. It's not even but You, like, cra- you I cracked can... me up the other day when you're like, well, I'm the oldest Mexican daughter. Now I feel like I have to make you. Yeah, I have to make bring some burritos for you yeah. now. I have to. You said you're the youngest and I got to bring him. Yeah. yeah, that cracked me up. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Lord of this, thank you so much for coming on the podcast no, thank today. You. Thank and, you. And uh, this was uh, a nice way to, to kick the podcast uh, back off again. Um, I wish you tremendous success and, and uh, come over anytime. Yeah. Thanks, right. Jesse. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. Bye. Bye.